Welcome to A Jolt of Joy. Can I just say that you've made a great decision to study the Word of God today? As you know, you're listening to the Charisma Podcast Network, and my name is Carol McLeod. I'm a Bible teacher and an author, and I hope that I'm becoming a friend as well. So currently, we're digging into the book of Mark in this series that I've entitled, The Time is Now. Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't operate during his earthly ministry without intent or purpose. Okay, what was his intent? What was his purpose? Well, I can tell you what it was. The focus of his purpose was you. Jesus came to change your life so that he could use you in his great plan at your moment in history. Now, let's open our Bibles. The time is now. This is a Bible study on the Gospel of Mark. You know, the reason I named this Bible study, The Time is Now, is because of one little word that I have discovered used repetitively in the book of Mark, and that word is the word immediately. We will see this word used time after time after time. Listen, I'm going to challenge you to read the book of Mark as you participate in this study. Go home. I don't know if you're driving or at work or doing the dishes, but when you're done with your activity, I want you to open the book of Mark and take the next month and just read through every chapter. And as you do, I want you to circle this word. Every time you see the word immediately, I want you to circle it. Listen, Mark is an urgent little gospel. It is fast paced. And when Jesus entered the picture on planet earth, he rolled up his sleeves and he went to work immediately. Let's open our Bibles today to Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. And they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and began to teach. And they were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, What business do we have with each other, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. And Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And throwing him into convulsions, the unclean spirit cried out with a loud voice and came out of him. They were all amazed, so that they debated among themselves, saying, What is this? A new teaching with authority? He commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. Immediately, the news about Jesus spread everywhere into all the surrounding district of Galilee. You know, Jesus opened his mouth, and amazing authority came out. The people had never heard anyone like him before. Jesus wasn't dull or boring, or religious. He spoke with gentle authority and with wisdom. And you know what? With the same authority that he preached with, he also spoke to demonic authorities with. He said, come out. 
Life had become a total nightmare for this man that we read about in Mark chapter 1, verses 21 through 28. This man had been taken over by some alien and evil power. And as Jesus went about doing good, it seems to me that demonic powers almost had an inside track on recognizing who Jesus was and what he had come to do. Do you know what Jesus had come to do? He had come to stop the nightmare. He had come to stop evil in its tracks. He had come to rescue and to heal people. He had come to teach human beings how to live again, how to live with passion and joy and peace and hope and enthusiasm and purpose and with gusto. Jesus had come to teach people how to live abundantly. Now, Jesus knew how to deal with demons. He had been dealing with them since the beginning of creation, and Jesus knew that he had supreme authority over every demon that tried to rear its ugly head. Jesus wasn't intimidated by demons. He wasn't afraid of them. He wasn't put off track by them, and he was not interrupted by demons. What did he do? Jesus spoke to them and told them where to go. Jesus said, be quiet, hush, come out of that man. Now, the demons knew Jesus because they had been dealing with him since the beginning of creation as well. And the demons knew that when the Son of God stepped foot on planet Earth, that their number was up. They knew that no longer would they enjoy the same type of authority that they had had since creation. The demons knew Jesus. They knew he was the son of God, and they knew that he had come to defeat them once and for all. Now, demons can still shriek, but since Calvary, they have lost all all authority. Their goose has been cooked. Their number is up. The fat lady of the demonic host has sung. It is over. Now, the word immediately that is used so often in the book of Mark is used in these verses that we just read. Let me read to you Mark 1, 23. Again, just then there was a man in their synagogue with an unclean spirit, and he cried out. I love it that Mark and the Holy Spirit begin this story by saying, just then. Mark tells the story of Jesus in rapid fire events. Mark is almost like a little boy running in all sweaty from play, retelling the events of a most wonderful day. It's like he's saying, and then, and then, and then, you're not going to believe this. The excitement and the enthusiasm of Mark is contagious to my spirit. Have there ever been any more exciting events in all of history than the events that are attached to the life of Jesus. Jesus came and immediately nothing was ever the same again. It wasn't the same for Simon and Andrew. It wasn't the same for James and John. It wasn't the same for the people who listened with rapt attention in the synagogue. It wasn't the same for demons. And my friend, 
it wasn't the same for you or I either. Mark chapter 1, verses 29 through 34. And immediately after they came out of the synagogue, they came into the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Now Simon's mother-in-law was lying sick with a fever, and immediately they spoke to Jesus about her. And Jesus came to her and raised her up, taking her by the hand, and the fever left her. And she waited on them. And when evening came after the sun had set, they began bringing to him all who were ill and those who were demon-possessed. And the whole city had gathered at the door. And he healed many who were ill with various diseases and cast out many demons. And Jesus was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. So now I want you to remember that the disciples were young men. Pictures have shown them to be older, but truly they were between the ages of 15 and 30. You know, there were many teachers at this moment in history who gathered disciples around them. These disciples were young men who sat at the feet of a teacher and learned the philosophies and the theories of the day. Disciples were always young men. They were still wet behind the ears. They were still discovering a belief system that they could attach their lives to. Now, Simon, who later became Peter, was apparently married. Because of his leadership among the disciples, we do believe that he may have been one of the older disciples who followed Jesus. He was probably between 20 and 30 years old. And this man, Simon, had invited Jesus and the other three disciples over for dinner one evening. Or maybe he had invited them knowing that his mother-in-law was ill and he wanted to see who Jesus, this new teacher, would respond. Maybe Jesus just went to Simon's house to rest. One translation says that Peter's mother had a burning fever. She was very, very ill. This word can actually mean on fire. She was so ill. Her fever was so high that she was literally on fire. Now, at this time in history, what doctors would prescribe for a burning fever was to take a knife, wholly made of iron, tie it by a braid of hair to a thorn bush. On three successive days, they repeated a magic formula and the patient with the burning fever was supposed to be cured, to be healed, to be better. It didn't work. Jesus touched her and she was healed. This was a man of heaven's authority. Do you want to know one of the things that I love about this particular story of Simon's mother-in-law? It was a private miracle. There were no crowds. There was no pressing multitude. It didn't happen in church for the public to talk about it. It was in a cottage within the family unit because Jesus had a heart for people. He cared. He cared about the crowds and he cared about the one. A miracle to Jesus was not about increasing his prestige. It was about taking care of people and loving people. And what did this woman do when she was healed? She waited on Jesus and on the men 
who were with them. She probably prepared dinner for them, washed their feet, fixed them a glass of wine or of water. You see, Jesus touches you so that you will touch others. Jesus heals you so that you will serve others. You are healed to be a blessing to someone else. You are healed today to serve somebody else. Thank you for joining me on A Jolt of Joy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can also visit my website at justjoyministries.com. It's my passion to help people live an abundant life through the power and principles found only in the Word of God. Email me at carol at justjoyministries.com. And as always, know that I am praying for you today.